welcome back everyone to the football analytics and rant show so i th- i guess you all know i think the euros and copa america finals are over and it brings an end to an exciting month of football i think it's been a long time since we saw a lot of fans enter the stadium it was good it was intense a lot of upsets i think a lot of i think lot of miracle stories that happened italy winning the euros finally after uh, 1968 argentina managing to win the copa america after 28 years since 1993 messi finally gets an international trophy and a lot more to come to your way so at- first we think we'll go on to the copa america final so over to you elijah yeah so coming to this copa america game uh what should i say it was a, it was being hyped because it was uh i think it's safe to say it was messi's last real opportunity to add an international trophy to his collection so it was being hyped as such by the media around the world and uh, i think they got a good ending because of that hype but other than that uh, this game was a typical uh, copa america game there were a lot of fouls a lot of interruptions in play and i think um I had predicted that Brazil will win and so did Jitu so that didn't work out really well for us yeah. <laughs> but but all credit to Argentina because somehow their defense stepped up big time this game they were their defense was not good in patches or at times their defense was good almost throughout the game and one of their main uh, one of the main things that worked in their advantage I think is that they were effectively able to shut down Neymar from all of his attacking play and stuff and neymar neymar was also more than willing to keep diving throughout the game so that's a different story uh but on paper if you see it looked like uh, brazil were taking a lot of shots and all of that so in case you didn't watch the game uh, argentina scored from a insane pass from uh, depol to angel di maria who put it home very beautifully it was a very good pass and it was a very good goal and after that argentina were trying to get forward but brazil kept cutting them out and uh i think that is because uh what should i say argentina did not seem that confident in brazil's final third is one and second of all was they had the pace because uh brazil had people like thiago silva and i'm not saying silva is slow or anything of that sort but he's aging so you technically have the faster of the attacks and i i think i should point this out lotaro martinez has been sucking throughout this tournament and for a player that is so hyped across the world on all platforms he sucked so big this whole tournament and <laughs> i don't know like if di maria had not started because when the game started when you looked at the lineups you're like di maria is your super sub so he comes on when things don't work so i'm like why is di maria starting now but then it worked out for them because they scored early on and then they could defend and they somehow managed to defend they had technically lesser of the ball and all of that but they were able to defend really really well and they were uh, they uh, they were compact they were cutting out passes trying to steal back position all of that was good so overall a good game for argentina and i think if brazil continues to play like this and i i have to point this out you you have to get proper strikers or the strikers that you have right now have to improve because richarlison was not bad they were getting a few good passes but they were not able to finish it yes emi martinez was good throughout this tournament and all but if this goes on into the world cup the world cup is full of teams that are extremely good 
and you can't give an excuse saying that okay yeah this team you are not expecting this and all you are supposed to expect it at this level so yeah coming back to richarlison and all uh, they have to get a proper proper striker and this gabriel barbosa and all are not going to cut it for brazil and uh, what should i say yeah neymar once they shut down neymar it was more or less uh, what should i say easier for argentina because once they shut down neymar there was nobody creating any chances from anywhere and especially until half time when fred went off and firmino came on they were not even moving that fast through the midfield and i'm not saying firmino is like an extremely attacking player and all but somehow he helped play move ahead a little faster so after that in the second half they did get a few chances which they couldn't capitalize on and in the end it ended up costing them their cup but yeah all congratulations to argentina their first major trophy that i have seen after i was born so it is quite special for me and though i am not an argentina supporter i am primarily a brazil supporter but still it was a good game to watch and uh, i guess yeah uh, there are three or four people that we should name who are not getting enough credit for their performances for argentina top of that list is emi emiliano martinez number 2 is angel di maria absolutely brilliant third is uh, di paul and i don't know who the fourth player i had was but yeah these are the three players that are not getting the amount of appreciation they should because they were absolutely insane and it was a good game and there is this uh, argentinian right back i forgot his name uh, right back or left back gonzalo montielo whatever the guy was he's a short guy who plays yeah. for river plate and he was actually very good this game very very good and i found it surprising because as far as i know otamendi was the only recognizable name in that defense but he stepped up and he played pretty good this time and he was able to shut down all the attacks from uh, the brazilian left side and it proved quite useful for argentina because uh, you never know once brazil get forward they have even if nobody is there you know that person like neymar or richarlison can put it in the back of the net no matter what so they should have been careful and they did that very very well and yeah the fourth person i wanted to mention was Uh, Loselso Loselso has been absolutely crucial for Argentina throughout this tournament and he's put in very good performances in the midfield alongside Di Maria and uh, Di Paul so yeah that's my coverage Yeah I think I don't have further much to add on that uh, I sadly didn't watch the game live uh, and uh, I had to watch with the highlights mostly and uh, I think from some of my friends that uh, who have watched the game I think they especially pointed out of uh, I think how good I think Angel Di Maria has been I think throughout his career I think people sometimes just go unnoticed I think you look back at 2014 uh, he played a huge part in Real Madrid I think winning the Champions League after some 10 uh, 12 years or something that's a big thing for them and you look again he is like the main, I think he, I I think he was one of the among the at least in the top two players especially in that final Uh, his performance and uh, that pass from de paul was actually brilliant i think uh, i think there's not much in the uh, much they could do about it i guess and uh, i think i agree yes i think they completely shut down neymar and it shows i think i think earlier brazil was not so much dependent on one player earlier if you look back even if you go back 24 also not this much but now it looks like if you just shut down neymar i think the others don't know what to do they don't have a uh tactic uh, tactics for that and it's it it's very bad because 
uh now you have a quality uh, like uh, it mean you faced a keeper of the quality of uh, emiliano martinez and you struggle to score okay he's good you go to a bigger tournament like the world cup there will be multiple people with the same level of quality the team will be multiple streams the teams which are even stronger than argentina maybe and uh, if you are supposed to be the contenders to win the world cup this is not enough even if even if i look at argentina also they also still have to improve on this i think it will be a a uh, positive for them they can build up on this not to get too carried away the whole cup is a diff- completely different thing so it's bad good if they build up on this and build up a strong team and i think that's all i have to cover about it and uh, uh, shout out to emi martinez he has been good throughout the tournament and arguably the best keeper right now uh, in south america right now so moving to the next final i think uh, all of you listening most of you would have watched this also i guess i also watched this final italy versus england it was i don't know it, like i think it was a perfect way to end uh, the final i guess uh, it was intense throughout the end i think uh, you look at one side i think one side you look at italy side i think most of us would have wanted italy to win i guess mainly because uh, i guess many of us don't like the english fans maybe and the other side you have the english fans it's all like a world was divided to english fans and other fans it was very good and uh, the i think the game had a lot of quality and there was a lot of, i think uh, a huge credit to kelini and bonucci i think so uh, many suspected that they would not be good enough for this uh, tournament because they will be uh, i think a weak point to italy but they proved again i think where they lack in speed they make it up for uh, experience and positioning i think some of the tackles they put i think uh, if i'm not wrong they have both have been never dribbled past this entire tournament so that's huge credit to them at this age performing and the understanding between them is also phenomenal yeah. coming to the game i guess uh i think we didn't none of us expected that goal such early on uh, italy like suddenly they were caught out of nowhere and i don't think uh, donnarumma could do much about it i think uh, brilliant shot i think it was a half volley from luke shaw and uh, yeah so england after that uh, i think england sort of maybe little bit i think they lost their focus they got a little carried away maybe a little bit conservative and uh, italy uh how italy started pushing i think italy i think in terms of attacking wise i think they had a much better performance than against uh, spain uh, against uh, what do you call england and i think frederico uh, frederico kiesa was creating all sorts of problems uh, in the english backline and uh, i think finally i think the it was an awkward goal to get an equalizer yeah but bonucci uh, equalized for them i think uh, it was a fumble around the uh, penalty box and he tapped in so that after even after the goal i think italy were much much better i think they played much better despite i think kiesa had to go out uh, because of a small injury i guess he didn't play the 90 uh, full game he had to go out they were already missing so many players despite that against such a hugely talented english side they did well and uh, england i don't see anything after the uh, equalizing goal there was not much initiative from them uh they were like confused i don't know what to do and some of the substitutions i don't know uh, didn't make any sense like yeah we'll just like first we'll discuss about the penalty shootout so 
who brings uh, 18 year old uh, 20 year olds to take penalties just to take penalties you know sancho is not uh, his best trait is not his penalties he is a playmaker he sh- if you want to play him at least play him before extra time starts not at the end of extra, extra time to take penalties no matter how good rashford is he is still very inexperienced this is like the biggest game i think he has ever faced in his career you don't put pressure on those others you have so many other uh, penalty takers you could have uh, given a lot of senior players are there i don't know what he was thinking just to bring in these three people like take penalty and he allowed bukaya saka to take the final penalty i think no normally every team will uh, uh, like every manager will allow i think a senior player like the most i think either the best penalty taker to take the last one this is ridiculous and very very poor decision i don't know what to say they think like literally bottled it and uh, dude if you want to start sancho start him earlier at least he started grealish i think he realized that i think he could change the game and he did to some extent uh, provide them a little bit of more attacking option more creativity when he came on i think if you would have introduced sancho a bit more earlier it would have been good not like to take penalties that's just stupid and dumb and the criticism he's been taking i think it's not his fault like what do you expect uh you have been given just one game one full he just played 90 minutes throughout the entire tournament and you are expecting him to score a decisive penalty that's just stupid same goes for rashford you haven't played him you haven't uh, given him game time and you are giving him so much weight on his shoulder in a final game despite not allowing him to play not uh, which in turn uh, what you call affects his confidence okay i'll just keep on ranting guys <laughs> your views on the- fine like i i could just can't stop no no you can go on we only have like two games in detail to talk about on the colombia and peru we can just tell them the score that should be enough you can go on just finish whatever you have to say and then i'll add on there's not much to add <laughs> okay so, yeah. yeah so eventually i think uh, italy went on to win as i said the substitutions that southgate made was ridiculous and it didn't have cost them all three of them missed their penalties um i think uh, rashford hit the post and rest i think both other three i think other two uh, donnarumma saved and uh, yeah all credit to italy i think they um, came into this tournament with an intention to win it and they throughout the uh, tournament i think they showed the character and fight and i think they had more fight because they a uh, little i think they faced higher quality oppositions uh, throughout the knockout phases and they knew how to get out of tough situations because they i think they played extra time around three of their uh, knockout games i think they played extra time even when they faced austria they had to play 120 minutes even they faced uh, i think only i think belgium i guess uh, they had that too but it was a very tight game also so it was intense so they got used to the pressure and i think they handled the pressure much better than england because england i think the only pressure situation they got in was against denmark that too i think uh yeah we don't have to talk about it that was ridiculous yeah so all credits to italy i think uh, finally i think uh, for the first time in history a goalkeeper wins the player of the tournament in the euros which is like a huge huge achievement considering donnarumma is just 22 years old so it's it's it, most keepers can't even start for their nations at uh, 22 years old you look at every single nation you don't see that such a young goalkeeper and if you want to know when he started he started at 17 years old literally i think uh, when all most of us will be doing school i think he was starting for his national team so that's ridiculous i think he has a bright future ahead and i think he so far has been living to 
I think the hype that's on him so far. We'll see how he turns out next, and hope he becomes. I think, like, uh, and I'm not saying he's the best replacement to Buffon right now. We'll have to see much more. I think maybe in the World Cup also and throughout the further years. But so far, he has done pretty well. All credits to him. And uh, toward the Chelsea players, I think Jorginho uh, and Emerson. Jorginho, despite uh, I think he would have been a little bit upset because he is a penalty taking expert. But uh, he missed it for uh, all of a surprise, I think. And I think both of them, I think Emerson and uh, Georgian Emerson, I think who has done his part, I think, uh, despite, uh, I don't say he's better than Spinazzola. I don't think he's up to the level of Spinazzola right now, but he did his part, I think, managed to like, uh, like, the gap, I think he managed to close it, I guess, uh, like, uh, and he did his part and all credits to that. And uh, yeah, Emerson and Georgina, they have two European titles right now and what a year it's been for them. And uh, yeah, all credits to the entire Italian team. Each and every one of them contributed to this uh, tournament. And uh, I think when you look at a team game, I think this is what you expect. And all, obviously all credits to Roberto Mancini. He has transformed this team from the verge, verge of uh, getting knocked out. Like they got knocked out of qualification for the World Cup. And uh, to reach here and win the next major tournament, it's it's very big, big thing. And uh, I remember one thing I think I've heard a long time ago. See, when uh, the Italian FA uh, approached him and said, "We want to uh, coach, uh, like we want to play attacking football. This is not working. We want to have a coach that has uh, flexible tactics, everything." So he just literally then, if you want that, you came to the right man. He listens at that. I think uh, I'm not sure accurately what he said, and I think he's delivered it. He provides some attacking football, something which we've not seen from Italy, and they still use their old tactics also in certain games in which they can't have the advantage in the midfield. And or you see, you can look at the game against Spain. So they are very flexible, I guess. And uh, uh, despite missing many of these uh, top players, I guess they did well. And yeah. All credits to them and uh, some absolute rubbish happened after the final English fans beating up Italian fans. It, it's just it's just sick. I don't know what logic they If you lose the match, just go. You won't, Nobody boasted. I think nobody boasted that. Uh, no other country boasted as much as the English fans did. And if you lose, you, you suck it in and you go out. You go. Not beating up the other fans just because you couldn't win it. Is this is is one of the most uh, I think one of the most depressing things I've ever seen. It's it's literally sick, and uh, I don't know. I don't even know how to talk about it. I I hope all, all of those people I think will get proper punishment and and uh, yeah. I think the English FA could should take an action like not allowing such hooligans into the fan. I think Italians have done it in their uh, country before. They also had this problem with a lot of violent fans stabbings all those issues there i think after that i think they introduced very strict measures that you can only you uh, enter the stadium with a verified id card if you are have any criminal cases against you you're not allowed to enter the stadium so i think they should bring like that because it's highly unsafe for other fans if at all england is hosting another tournament if it will be highly unsafe for other fans if at all they face england it's very risky and uh, there are literally outnumbered. It's like 5,000 uh, Italian fans to around some 30-40,000 English fans. These mad brutes coming and beating. What do you do? Like, people are literally flying, running away for their lives. It was horrendous and 
I don't know. Some people literally even removed uh, their uh, jerseys, I think, to not get caught up in the fight. Because literally, these guys are waiting outside for them to come and, yeah, you come, we'll crowd you and we'll beat you up. It was insane. Yeah. I think that's all I have to say about the game. And uh, sorry if I got a little bit more carried away into the fighting, all those things. And yeah, over to you, Elijah. Your views on the final. No, no. Actually, that's a very important thing that many people don't talk about. as important uh, as football is football is not the only thing that constitutes life you have lost a game it's a sport sometimes you win sometimes you lose you move on but what happened that day was sad and especially uh, beating up your rival uh, uh, team's fans is one not acceptable and something even more worse is the racial abuse that people like marcus rashford jaden sancho and bukayo saka are facing it is so depressing to think that this man who has done so much for his country because of that food scheme that he had launched who gave back to his society who helped young children eat who helped feed communities who were suffering who was starving when the covid-19 pandemic hit and the lockdown was there when people were not giving money he organized food banks and they put a they made a mural for him and these people had the audacity to go and desecrated and that is just not acceptable you might not have liked what happened but it's a sport people miss and that that is just not done the uh, abuse they are facing online is just like the game just faded out of significance because of all these things that happened after it is just not done and i i don't know i, I start talking about this i'll become some uh, social justice something warrior or some shit like that because this is just Uh, this is absolutely sad because these players they in the end all they want is their fans uh, fans support they want their appreciation they crave the love that these fans give them and that is why they work day in day out it's not only for the money it's not only for some love or something it's for the fans that these players work so hard for and when these same people who one day are like oh he's the greatest of all time uh, to two days later uh, desecrating their murals burning effigies of them this is just not done and i don't know let's uh, coming back to the game yeah so i think uh the downfall of england was obviously gareth southgate i have been saying that throughout this tournament that he's just been lucky that this team is so talented and sometimes they just have fun on the field and that's what happened uh with i think ukraine so they were just went mad they were like we are having fun and we'll just play like we are having fun but especially in these crunch games when you have such tough opposition it's not the time to experiment uh if you look at the starting lineup uh, southgate started with a 3-4-3 when the whole tournament he's played either with a 4-3-2-1 or a 4-3-3 so if your players are accustomed to a style of play why would you want to change it in your most important game most important game arguably in the history of this generation of english football The last time they like won something major was 1966 this was your opportunity in almost 15 years to get something back for your country and you can't tinker with it at that moment at that crucial step and i think that is what worked in italy's favor more than anything else i'm not saying italy were playing bad obviously bonucci and kelleni for their age that they managed to hold of england so brilliantly yes like they were caught out with the first goal and that is absolutely brilliant from uh, luke shaw and the play from the midfield up because they were fast and they 
uh, went in quite well so yeah they deserved that goal but after that italy managed to hold on for an extra i don't know what 110 minutes 115 minutes after scoring yes. a goal they managed to hold on i'm not saying after scoring a goal they managed to hold on for 115 minutes i'm just saying they managed to hold on after conceding for 115 minutes and in that they also scored a goal so that should tell you how much quality they have and they were missing people like uh, what's that guy who got injured spinetzola ah uh, spinetzola i'm so sorry i'm bad with names i keep forgetting them so yeah so yeah in the beginning in the first half it did look like england were a little bit more in control of the game because they were uh, italy's midfield seem kind of non existent because everyone is just falling back to try and prevent it getting out of control but i don't know i, I think in the second half when they came in england they completely let go of everything they just like the uh, their midfield was absolutely like should i say outplayed non existent i don't know what it was but they were not present especially in the second half it was extremely bad and yeah if you have a, a keeper like jordan pickford i don't think you should be expecting much also and i've been saying this again and again it's only because of harry maguire and john stones or whoever that they've managed to uh, come through clean all this while but now they finally like all the deficiencies in the team were exposed properly like jordan henderson has not played enough games in this tournament forget about this tournament i don't think even this calendar year he's played enough games and while i am a vocal sum- supporter of jordan henderson the final is not where you start playing a player who's not played before pep guardiola did something like this with raheem sterling the cl final and it backfired and you know that you have incredible midfielders in your team and i don't understand why you would make a mistake like that and i'm not saying henderson is a bad player not in any way but you had players who had regular game time and who were playing a large amount of time before this in the final is not where you do tricks like this and it definitely backfired and i think that that that's one of the biggest things that worked in england's favor was that southgate messed up if southgate was had even one iota of common sense england would have had it much much easier in my opinion especially that tinkering with the formation just before uh, the game is like bull crap like how and yeah so you will just assume that i'm hating but in case you remember i had predicted that england would win so uh other than that what do i have to talk about yes uh italy deserves so much respect for what they have done because uh the second goal by belotti uh, second penalty kick by Pen- uh, belotti was missed and then harry maguire came in and scored so england were ahead so they were 2-1 at that time and then this rashford sancho saka thing happens and like that is 100% the mistake of the manager you don't put in inexperienced players under such high pressure and especially for the penalty kicks he subbed them in at such a time i don't know which jackass does that and the english fa is even more messed up they apparently are offering him a new contract till 2024 i'm like bro how blind are you <laughs> like what is wrong with you i don't understand this but uh, i think uh, just give me a minute i'll uh, before we move on to whatever the next part of this talk is i'll just read out whoever predicted things correctly on our community page um where is our community i think nobody got the copa thing correct because everyone predicted that uh, 
Brazil will win, but let me see if at least one person got correct. Okay, where is this? I'm so sorry, I'm taking time, but I'll cut this out anyway, so it's fine. Okay, so Advait Gulati had predicted Argentina won, Brazil won, and Argentina to win the penalties. Though it was not accurate, yes, Argentina did go on to win, so yeah. Pratik had also predicted the same thing. Shalin uh, Milo. Uh, Shalin meanwhile predicted that Brazil will score two and Argentina will one, uh, score one after extra time but he was rooting for Argentina apparently apparently to win and yeah that's the only thing we got moving on to the euros did anyone predict anything for the euros at all no one did so i can cut this part also out so no one did yeah yeah <laughs> uh, so what should i say anything else to add Yeah, nothing else to add. I guess I think we talked like I think we covered. I think since you only had two games, I think uh, like I think we covered all almost everything that is there. The Yo, and we forget. I keep forgetting to mention how good Donnarumma is, and he is going to be announced by PSG so soon. He is twenty-two years. He at least has a good fifteen years left in him. Good fifteen years. Whichever team he goes to, and if they manage to offer him long-term contracts and just keep him there. Fifteen years. Imagine the same solidity in your uh, goalpost, yeah, Jitu. Yeah, he's twenty-two years, and if you're surprised, he's already won th- around thirty-five caps for Italy right now, at twenty-two years. That's like the dream for some people to earn like one cap. He won thirty-five caps for Italy now, and as I mentioned earlier, I think he debuted for Italy when he was seventeen years old. that's that's ridiculously young and he's already i think before moving to psg he's like he's not some young random young keeper who just boomed out for one season he has been playing there since 60 like uh, since he was 16 now he's 22 he's like uh, almost uh, what do you say 5 6 years experience at least 6 years i think around more than uh, 350 or something appearances for ac milan at the age of 22 So just imagine, like he just played for ten years, like six years he minus three hundred fifty appearances. Imagine like ten years, he can already buy a surplus uh, if he continues in the same form without injuries. He can surplus many great goalkeepers in terms of at least appearances, and he has so many years left. I think he can to win uh, multiple trophies, maybe the UCL. I think, I think that's a big trophy. I think he uh, wants to win. I guess, and also probably his first league title, even though he has been. In AC Milan for such a long since they are not uh, contenders for title yet. I think uh, he has not managed to win, even though he has won. I think uh, I think a Super Copa and Copa Italia or something like that. So I think those will be the two big things he would want to win. I think he already has an international trophy in his cabinet, which is actually a big boost to his career. And uh, I hope he lives up to the expectations. Now said now the bar is set very high on him. He just been named the player of the tournament. So it's set very high, and I hope the expectations do not pile up on his head. And uh, yeah, that's all. Over to you. Yeah, and the next person I really need to appreciate it. Other than the defenders and the common people that people are talking about, that's Pinizola, Kiesa, the defense. Other than all of these people, there's one person that should definitely be mentioned: Roberto Mancini. He's done an absolutely beautiful job with a squad that failed to. Qualify for the World Cup last time around. He's brought them and made them European champions. And like, I don't know what other proof you need of his skill because it is almost the same squad that failed to qualify, and the same set of players managed to come and beat big ass teams 
at their own home and that is mad literally mad so when like i remember he was inter milan's coach like what four five years ago or something and then something right. happened and they're like yeah they're like it won't work out uh, or we need a different style of play and all kinds of crap inter milan were pulling then he went i think to russia or some place to coach and then italy got him back and uh, like yeah it didn't work out well for the world cup but now that they won the euros he has something to boast about and everyone who had written him off it's a good slap in their face and like this this sport is full with such beautiful story football emiliano martinez i did not know about his story and advet sat me down and told me one day that he was uh, arsenal's reserve keeper for a very very long time and then leno got injured and then he did very well and then he moved on to aston villa it's a dream story because he's done so well he literally like he carried argentina and he made them the champions in my opinion it's not messi or di maria or whatever because people were attacking argentina and they were caught out more often than not and he saved their ass so many times and we can't take it for granted because that's how good he is and i think yeah that's it yeah i guess i think we also have the same thing about emi martinez i think uh, uh, what we must understand is that argentina's defense was leaky throughout the tournament and i think the biggest factor i think they didn't concede any goals because that guy was in immense form and uh, he literally saved their asses a uh, lot of times especially maybe in the, if you look at the semi finals also and uh, yeah i think that's all uh, regarding them and uh, congratulations to italy and argentina on winning their respective uh, continental tournaments and uh, let us know in the comments if you'd like us to cover any other tournament that's going on if you'd like us to cover the olympics football which is uh, going to start So if you don't know the Olympics, it's sort of like uh, all most of the players will be around under twenty three only two. It's like I am if I'm not wrong, I think they are only allowed three uh, or four uh, senior players in the squad. So it's sort of like an under twenty three, but it's sort of not like so. It's still a high quality tournament. I think there are sixteen teams competing in it. Then will be like uh, directly to quarter finals, uh, semi final like that or not. So if you like us to cover this. please do let us know in the comments and if you want to join our community uh, the link is there and our instagram is there on facebook also right. so do join our community and keep on suggesting for our episodes please and uh, i think that's all i have to say yeah okay this is elijah goodbye uh, we'll come out to the transfer episode soon because now this euros have uh, finished i think there'll be a lot of announcements coming your way so we'll try and break them down as much as possible and if you want of any specific player please let us know in our community or comments or wherever and you can reach out to us because we'll generally be going over the bigger names and just mention all the others so if you want something in particular we can do a little research kind of thing and then break it down so other than that this is goodbye we managed to talk for 35 minutes about two games so yeah Yeah okay so thank you for listening guys so this is Jitu signing off so bye bye